It's good to see you guys. I'm so glad that you're here today. Welcome, welcome, especially if this happens to be your first time. A very special welcome to you. We're so glad you're here at the Forge Community Church today. We are here. We exist. We are, we are here in our community because we want people to know that there is a God who loves you. And uh, he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. And that's what we hope to convey and share with you. And I hope you've already, even before I say a word, that you've already felt that and, and uh, been inspired in that way. So, hey, before I jump in today's message, I want to do something that I love to do. And that is to welcome some people as they partner in ministry with us. So I'll ask the Detweiler family if you guys will come up. And as they're making their way up here, you know, sometimes you just forget things. And... Um, <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago, I had the great privilege of baptizing Kyla, and, um, and it was just a wonderful day, and your family was here, and it was so awesome and wonderful, and then the plan was right after the baptism is we were going to welcome in this family as partners in ministry, and I just said, hey, hey, Kyla, splash, and yay, everybody, and then Kyla and I marched off, and, and it wasn't until later, and I, saw, I came up to Erica, I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot. I'm so sorry. We really do want you to partner in ministry here, I promise. So um, it just happens sometimes. So, um, But we're really glad. You guys have been with us for a while. You're with us when we were downtown. You've come here, and it's just really great to see. There's Erica, and, and some of you might remember Kyla, and uh, this is Travis and Kinley, and this is the Detweiler family. Hey, she says. Um, and so, you know, when people partner in ministry with us, the, the two big questions, and it's ones I asked you when, when we did the baptism, was, are you followers of Jesus? So as a family, are you followers of Jesus? Kenley, do you love Jesus? I'm so glad because he loves you. He certainly does. And, and as partners in ministry, um, you guys are, I know the answer to this question just based on the shirts that the two of you are wearing together. Because when we partner in ministry, it's not just, hey, you know, we, we don't join the church. We partner in ministry with what we're doing in our community already. And we want you to be people who pray. We want you to be people who, who serve, um, who serve here at the church, who find ways to serve in the community, um, that you'll support the church, you'll pray for what's going on, you'll be involved in what's happening. And I know you're already doing that, but for, for formality's sake, will you keep doing that? Yes. Wonderful. Well, will you guys welcome in the Detweiler family as they partner in ministry with us today? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Love, love, love to do that. If you want to know more about that, you can um, uh, actually find out more at the Next Steps wall after the service. And if you have not partnered ministry with us and you'd like to, or you want to know more about it, you can get information at the Next Steps wall after the service. So uh, Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be this morning. Luke chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't, it's okay, it'll be up on the screen. While you're turning there, I just want to, we're starting a new series today. You saw that in the bumper video called I Heart, I Heart, and we're going to look at some things that we love, and, and uh, we're going to look at things that we love based on what we read in Scripture, not just random stuff that we love, but things that we find from Scripture uh, find from the life of Jesus Christ are things that should be important to us, things that we should care about and, and, and truly love. And so today, we're going to talk about loving our community, loving our community. Now, if you've been here since we started seven months ago, you know community is really important to us. Uh, we had a whole uh, series on it. We've talked about it a lot. Community is so important that we put it in the name of our church, the Porch Community Church. 
Uh, community is so important to us that it's part of our, our mission statement, our, it, which, which is to follow Jesus for our community. So community is very, very important to us. Um, the big thought for today for you, and I want you to think about this as we look at Scripture together in a moment, the big thought is how to leverage your community influence for Jesus Christ. How to leverage your community influence for Jesus Christ. And uh, I think... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I kind of, I should have said something at the 9.30 service that I, that I uh, didn't say at the right time. I want to say it now at this point in the message. Um, don't discount yourself from what we're going to talk about today and with this big idea. is for how do, you, how do you leverage your community in, influence for Jesus because you might be tempted to go, I don't have any influence in the community. I have no influence in the community. Well, I beg to differ. Um, I think that you'll see as we go that you actually do. Um, yeah, maybe your influence will never be read about or printed in the paper or posted online or anything like that, but, but I believe that you all have influence, and so we're going to look at that together. So please don't count yourself out as we talk about this. Um, now, I said our, our passage is in Luke 10, which it is. I encourage you later, go and read um, like in Luke 9, before Luke 10 just to kind of get a bigger picture of what's going on what we find in Luke 10 is that uh, Jesus is doing his ministry and uh, he's got his disciples how many disciples does he have 12 okay yeah we, we know about the 12 it's like is that the right I don't know is this a trick question Shannon's weird like that she might be trying to trick us no, he's got his 12 disciples, right? His best friends, his, the people he spends time with, all this. He's got his disciples. He's doing ministry. He's going from town to town. He's sharing about just the... For some people, what they're finding out is that they had heard their whole life that a Messiah was coming, and he's showing up and saying, I'm the Messiah. He's also going places where people had never really heard before and didn't know, and just through interaction with him, they're finding out, my goodness, this person... Is, is saying things and, and doing things that is, is making me realize that there is a God and that, that he is working through him and he's actually like God's presence here and he wants to be in a relationship with me. I mean, and that's kind of like a lot of us, right? Some of us have grown up and we've kind of known about God, right? Like we've heard things. And some of us, like, maybe we heard it, but it just never registered. And, and for a lot of us in here, we might have the kind of story where it was really later in life when, we, when it really kind of made sense that there is something more, there is something greater. So anyway, so Jesus is doing this ministry. And in Luke 9, which I said, go read it later, he is talking to his 12, right, his people. And so I want to start there because when, when we use the word community, Often what we might do is we might make it mean just one thing. Like if you say community, it could mean like Lowndes County, right? It could mean just Valdosta city limits. Um, but we have different kinds of community in our life. You've got your people, like your people. That's actually something we're going to talk about in a few weeks. How to love your people, like the people that God has put around you, right around that you spend time with, you can invest in, that are investing in you, and what, how important that is. And when I look at this, that's what I see with Jesus and the 12 disciples, okay, his people. But then there's others, and, and it kind of expands when you think about community, right? And, and so what we find in Luke chapter 10 is Jesus is not just talking to his 12 disciples. He's actually sending out 
72 disciples. So his community starts here, but it expands. And, of course, it's expanding as he's doing ministry. But, but Jesus had people around him that, that he was giving them a purpose, and he was sending them out. And here we start in verse 1 of Luke chapter 10. And it says, Now the Lord now chose 72 other disciples. So this is on top of the 12, okay? And he sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. This was his advance team. This was Jesus' advance team. And they were going out and getting people ready to receive. They were doing very practical things. They were, they were going into communities and finding out who is the person of, uh, who is the person of faith here. Who is the person that has uh, a faithful witness and faithful influence in this area. And, you know, can we stay here? Can Jesus stay here? Can you feed us? Like, where could we gather when he can? I mean, this was very practical stuff. But he sent these guys out. And what I see in this... And I know I'm reading into it a little bit, but it, it's kind of there if you look for it, is that Jesus cared about the communities that he sent these 72 disciples into. He wanted, he knew it was his purpose God had sent him to go and share this message in these communities. So one of the things I see first and foremost is that Jesus cared for the community. Like he was, and he wanted his, his disciples to be feet on the ground present in the community. So he wasn't far off going, man, I sure am praying for that town over there. No, he, he sent his disciples there, and then he came there. So there's this concern and care for this. Now here's the second part of the verse. Uh, verse 2, excuse me, the, the second verse. And these were his instructions to the 72. This is what he told them. The harvest is great... But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the harvest, and ask him to send more workers into the fields. The harvest is great. Now, what's the harvest? Let's pretend we haven't thought about this before. Haven't, someone hasn't taught us to it before. But the harvest are the people. The harvest that Jesus is talking about are the, the souls of people who have yet to hear, who have yet to, to understand, who have yet to call on the name of Jesus. So he's saying, there are people out there who need to know me, Jesus says. There are people out there who need to know life. There are people out there who need to know that redemption is possible. There are people out there who need to know that they are not too far gone. There are people out there who need to know that you actually can live your life in a way that honors God. You don't have to live the way you were before. Okay, This is what we find. This is why this went out. And so Jesus cared for these communities. He cared for the people in them without a doubt. And he wanted them to, to hear to receive new life. So we find by Jesus' example that he loved the community. He loved his 12 disciples. He loved his 72 disciples, or they wouldn't be his disciples, right? You're not going to be a disciple of someone that doesn't love you. That's not going to happen. So he loved us, and, and you see the, and then he said, I love these communities. Now, I have to ask this question, because uh, I know many of you have grown up in church and, and stuff like that, and when, when you hear this verse about the harvest is great, but the workers are few, how many people go, oh, missions? That's, got a, that's all about missions. Anyone else besides me? Really? Really? Thing. Okay. You don't think like Africa. Got to go to Africa. Luke 10, 2 said, got to go. Got to go to China right now. Don't go to China right now. Um, <laughs> um, 
gotta go. God, I read this and it's like, oh, I gotta go because the harvest is great. And, and this is true. I mean, like God wants us to care about our communities. But here's what I wanna do just for, you know, something, an agreement for us. Can we start a little bit closer by today? Instead of going Africa, China, I wanna, oh, the harvest is great and I'm supposed to love my community the way Jesus did. So, oh my goodness, how am I supposed to, let's just, can we start a little bit closer? Like just a little bit closer because here's what I would say to this verse about the harvest is great and the workers are few. Is the harvest great in Lowndes County? I think it is. I mean, is the harvest great at Valdosta High School? Is the harvest great at Valdosta State University? Is the harvest great right down the road here at, at WG Nunn Elementary School? Is the harvest great? It is. And so we don't need to, you know, let's keep it where we are. Like, is the harvest great in your neighborhood? Is the harvest great at the gym where you're working out? Is, is the harvest great on your kids' travel team? Because y'all spend a lot of time together. Is the harvest great there? Is the harvest great at the country club? Is the harvest great at work? Is the harvest great on all the ball fields? Is the harvest great in the dance studio? Is the harvest great at the practices? Is, is it great? And I, you know the answer. I, yes, it is. The harvest is great. And Jesus cared about this. Because the harvest was not just a crop. The harvest he's talking about, our lives, our people. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Jesus loved the community and what I see by him calling the 12 disciples and then the 72 disciples is that he wants you and me to partner with him in loving the community. So how do we love the community the way Jesus would? A couple of things I see. Um, first and foremost is that we're part of the community. Like I said, don't rule yourself out and think, well, I don't have any community influence to, to leverage here. You do. You really do. I hope I just listed some, some things that make you go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm there. So for, we're part of the community. Like we're, we're there, we're, we're, we're not disengaged from it. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, believers, I would say, people that call themselves Christians who in many ways try to, to remove themselves from community. And yeah, you don't, want, you don't need to be going some places doing some things, but there's, there's some wisdom there and some discernment there, but, but we need to be present in our community. And so what I see with Jesus is he was part of the community. For the time that he walked on this earth, he was in it. Secondly, I see how we leverage our, our community influence for Jesus is that we actually care for the people in the community. It's one thing to be in it, but it's another thing to actually care for people in it. And Jesus cared. Like, he gave us this model for this deep compassion and love for the people in the community. And I know there's a lot of knuckleheads out there. I saw one this morning when I was getting ready. I looked in the mirror, and there I was. And it's like, you're waiting to be like, oh, who's she about to talk about? No, it's me. It's all me. But, but Jesus had, he had compassion and love for the people in the community, and he wants us to be a part of this, right? So we're part of the community, but not only that, we care for those who are in the community. And that takes some work. And then what really takes a little work is, is the third thing that I see about how we leverage our community influence is that we are unashamed to share the good news 
of Jesus Christ in our community. And I, capital G, capital N, good news. Because here's, here's the thing. I'm pretty good about sharing the latest news with my community. You know, I'm pretty good about sharing the somebody else's bad news with the community. Right, but but no, for, for us, if we want to love our community, then how about let's be unashamed to share the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ with our community. Now, I want to do something right now, and I did not ask for, for, for permission, but I already did it at 9.30, and I didn't get scolded, so I'm going to do it now at 11. Um, and this person didn't know I'm going to do this, but I, I want to brag on one of our amazing staff members for a minute. Because I, as I was working on this message several weeks ago, what I, what I kept thinking of was, is, is someone who epitomizes, in my opinion, what it looks like to love our community. And that is our student and worship pastor, Justin Crenshaw. Um, and here's the things. And like I said, I didn't talk to him about this, and he didn't know I was doing this. And, and here's some things that I see, that I see him doing like he leveraging his community influence for Jesus. He's a chaplain on the on the varsity football team at Velasta. He's a volunteer coach for the middle school. Okay. Um he's <laughs> if you listen to the radio some this season, he was a sideline reporter for the Val the Wildcats football, which is really awesome to hear. I love that. And you see that Osilla accent come out during the football games. Um he speaks and leads at any FCA huddle that will have him. Lowndes, Valdosta, Valwood, whoever wants him to be there. He's on the campus at VSU um, with, with the Wesley Foundation during the week. Um, you've probably walked into a restaurant here in town a few times and seen him up there playing on a Monday night or Tuesday night or Friday or Saturday night. Um, Serves in the Chrysalis community, which just did that last weekend, was out there all weekend, came in, led worship for us, went right back out. And I'm, I know I'm probably leaving some stuff out because, like I said, he didn't know I was going to say this, so I didn't interview him for it. But I do want to point out something. None of those things are his job. None of those things are in his job description. None of those things are things that I have said or the ministry board has said is, hey, Justin, this is what I want you to do every week. And I say that because you might go, well, yeah, he's kind of the student pastor, so yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't say, hey, Justin, you're a student pastor. Go play some gigs at Woodstack. Like, no, that's, that, it's, not in his, it's not in his job description, right? In his job, he's present at all the high schools every week, spending time with students. He's, he has about 30 or 40 college students cramming into his house on Monday nights. Um, or more. I don't know if people are like, 30 or 40. No. His wife hosts the high school girls at their home. They welcome them in their home every week. He's leading a guys group. He's raising up young adults to be leaders in ministry. He's discipling people one-on-one. -on -one. And then there's Sunday nights with our students that I see him doing and all the prep and study that involves, not to mention what you see him doing here on Sunday morning and all that goes into that. And what I see is with his wife, Allison, they are at recitals, and they are at plays, and they are at games, and they are at award ceremonies, and, and birthdays, and graduations, and hos at hospitals, and, and they're at weddings, and they're even at funerals. And they're there. Why? Because we have a, a student pastor and his very lovely sidekick who love our community.
And so, Justin and Allison, thank you for leveraging your community influence for Jesus. Thank you very much. And I want to say this to you all, all of you. Um, thank you for supporting your staff and for your faithful offerings and your giving. Because what it does is it allows for Justin and the rest of us on staff to be able to, to do this, to, to be able to, to do ministry. Thank you for supporting the, the student ministry with your giving. Because, that, because the harvest is great. The harvest is great. And like I said, the harvest is not crops. The harvest are students. So many students. And what I have seen and what I have witnessed by two people who are leveraging their community influence for Jesus Christ, what I have seen with my eyes is I have seen students at crucial, crucial points in their life give that life to Jesus Christ. So see, we leverage our community influence for Jesus. This is what we do. I was really excited. So how can you do this? How can you leverage it? I was excited because I did something uh, on Monday, I think it was, and I sent out a poll, and I was being really cheap, and so I could only get 100 responses, and then I had to pay more, and I didn't want to do that because I want to be a good steward of money and stuff like that. So I said, all right, I'll just take the first 100 that come in. That's a good read, you know, on a group of people, 100, you know. So I, I sent out this, this poll on social media, and it was four questions, yes or no. It takes you real quick to do it, and like within a couple of hours, I got all, I got 100 responses. I was like, great. And this is what I found, and I love this because, see, you might be thinking, well, that's great that Justin and Allison are leveraging their influence for Jesus, but I want you, you're doing it too, or you have the possibility, and I know based on these numbers, because 48% of the people who responded, that's about half, in case you're wondering, in the past six months have been a coach or an instructor for kids. Now, whether that's school teaching or, or you know, Parks and Rec or Boys Club or Swim Team or whatever it is, 48% of the people that responded have, have been there, have been in the community and have had an opportunity to leverage that influence for Jesus. Now, I didn't ask if they did. I just said, were you there? Because I want us to think this way, right? I want us to see ourselves in this place. Now, this is the other one. 54%, I asked this question, 54% of the people that responded are in some kind of a civic organization, meaning it's not just based on Jesus, right? I want to see like beyond the church, like are in a civic organization where your faith is openly shared. 54%. It's fantastic. So that means that, that of the 100, over half said, I am in an organization where I can share my faith. That's leveraging your influence. See it? This one was great. I said, okay, how many in the last six months have you, have you had an opportunity to share your testimony? Have you had an opportunity to share the gospel, the good news? And 62% said, yep, I have. See, that's, that, this is what we're doing. We're, we're leveraging that influence. We are loving our community. And then I asked this question, how many have volunteered in our community in the last six months? And 79% said they had done that in the last half of a year. And so what this means then is that as followers of Jesus, what I see just based on those hundred people is that, folks, you are leveraging your community influence for Jesus Christ. So keep doing it. 
And you might be going, oh, you know what? I have. Or you know what? The opportunity is there, so I, it's, it's already there, and I, can, and I can do this. So, you know, what organizations are you in? What, what boards are you serving on? You know, like what clubs do you belong to or institutions that you're associated with, like groups you're in? You're already in them. Because please hear this. This is the other thing I should have said up front. I'm not asking you to come up with 10 or 15 more hours of, in the week for your life because we don't have it. None of us have it. Like you might be sitting there going, Shannon, this is wonderful. I don't have that time. I don't have the time. I'm not asking you to come up with more time. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying I'm encouraging you to leverage what you're already doing. Leverage what you're already doing. Leverage where you already are what you're already involved in, how you're already serving, how you're already connected. Leverage that for Jesus Christ. Why would we not do that? Why would we not be, be the, the, the one that says, can I tell you about Jesus? Why would we not be the one that has the influence? Why would we not be the one that maybe acts or responds differently to, to stress in a circumstance or, or something that's really like bad and we're like, hang on, but I'm a person of faith and so this is how I'm going to respond and the people that you're around are going to go, hang on, why are you acting like that? Why are you freaking out? Why did you, you know, why aren't you angry? And you say, well, let me, it's, I'm telling you, it's not me, it's Jesus. Anyone ever said that before? Trust me, this isn't me, this is Jesus. It happens. Leverage this. Let's, let's use this. Because see, unlike Jesus where he had to send people out, we're in, we're in 2020. And, and the sending forth has, has kind of, you know, like as far as like taking over the map, it's, it's occurred. We're already in the places. So the, the, the real question is, is what are we doing in the places? Right? We're already here. I mean, I look in this room filled with people and I think, oh my goodness, of all the places that you guys are going to be just this week, of all the places, who's getting on a plane this week? Okay, a couple people. All right, who's going to school? I know we won't want to tomorrow, but who's going to work? You know, like, <laughs> right? Like we we are going like you're going places we're going we're going to be present. We are going to be there. Let's leverage this for Jesus Christ. I love the way you guys responded as a church to our Christmas impact. You know, we presented this in November and we said, hey, here's an opportunity to kind of do something we used to do, which was give Christmas gifts to kids that we knew would need them, you know. But, but we wanted, we, I just, I felt, and, and, and everyone else I talked to about it were like, yes. We were like, we don't just want to give gifts. We want to give the gospel. We want to give the word of God to, to children and families. And so this year we said, we're going to do that. And we partnered with the Mailbox Club. And, and I said, can you guys help? And you were like, oh, yeah, we'll help. And like, like that, we had 200 kids sponsored. We had to call and ask for more backpacks to fill these backpacks with some clothes and some, some supplies, some school things, some hygiene things. And a lot of y'all, you're like, if I ever go on a trip, I'm having you pack because you could pack those back. Some of y'all are like professional backpacking packers. I don't know if that's the thing. But anyway, like you brought in and it's like every like bit was just filled with your blessing. But the best part is, is every one of those backpacks got a really cool story in there about Jesus. Who is Jesus? And not only that, but at the bottom of every story it was, how can I uh, sign up for more Bible lessons? How can I learn more? 
and myself and Kristen, we had to help uh, take some materials to the school that we partnered with, with Lowndes County Schools, to get these backpacks out. And I got to talk to the two people. We visited with the two people who were in charge of this. And what we found out is they're believers. And then they started telling us a couple of stories about some of these kids and some of these families and some of these circumstances. And it was so awesome to know that, that you said, you, know, you as a church said, we want to we wanna leverage our, our, our community influence so we have this connection with the school. Well, I, I couldn't afford to do 200 backpacks, so I said, hey, y'all want to help? And so we leverage this, and we use this for the word of God. So thank you, church, for doing this. See, see, we're already there. The opportunities are there. I think sometimes we just need to stop and think and realize, oh, I'm not just here because it's my job. Oh, I'm not just here because it's, I'm in school. I'm not just here because this is where I have to be today. No, I'm here because I'm a follower of Jesus. And I have an opportunity in this moment to, to share who Christ is. And, and, and you might, that might involve words. It might just involve how you act. It might involve your character. It might involve your integrity. To be present. So how do we do this? How do we leverage our community influence for Jesus Christ? I pray, I hope that even as I've been talking, God has been kind of showing you some things. Maybe he's shown you some places where you're like, oh my goodness, how did I let that slip by? Or maybe he's revealing some, some opportunities right now to you. That's what I pray, that you will consider this. This is the big idea. And it's all based on what we see Jesus doing. Is he said, listen, I want you to go ahead of me. And I want you to, I want you to prepare these people to receive this. Because see, the reality is, is the pressure is not on me or you to make somebody a Christian. We just need to be like these 72 or the 12 or all the people that have come before us. And just say... I want to let you know there's a God who loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ and I can tell you more about him I'd be happy to this is why I don't act like I used to this is why I've responded differently and, and, and you asked me about it this is why and we just go before Jesus and then we let him do the work so people of God, love your community. And not just this week, but, but would you just really be intentional about going, okay, how can I leverage this influence for Jesus Christ? I believe we are in the places we are. Not by coincidence, but by a serious on purpose. And that per no Siri, I'm not talking to you. I'm just sorry. For Jesus Christ. And I think about that, right? And I think about how Jesus started with his 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 community, his people, his his close, because it did start with twelve, you know? And even among the twelve he had a couple that he was really close to, and then he had one that was beloved. Of course, John claimed that position, so you know, he might have just been, you know, maybe it was Mark, but John said it was him. So, um, but Jesus had his community. And, and it started there. And from there, he said, I want you to go out. I mean, stop and think about it. Raise your hand if you have been a follower of Jesus for more than three years of your life. It's a lot of hands. That is what we know. 
is the amount of time that Jesus walked this earth. The influence that Jesus had and still has today is because of the people that he sent out. The people that he said, go and let them know I'm coming. And it started when it became a reality for them was on that night that they shared a meal together. And we're about to share this communion table together. And what I love is that, yeah, Jesus shared it with 12 people. But now this table is, just imagine the, the biggest table you could ever see. And there's a seat available for every single one of us. Like the table is available to all who desire to be in relationship with God. And so what Jesus did is he said, he, he took a, the very familiar loaf and, and he, he was starting something. See, because the message that he had his disciples go out and share was not, hey, there's this guy Jesus and he's going to be here for a little bit longer and he has a really good message and you ought to come hear him. No, the message was that Jesus was going to give himself as a sacrifice for you and for me. And so on that night, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. And then he took the cup and likewise he, he lifted it up and he said, this cup represents my blood which will be poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Forgiveness, redemption, new life. This is the influence I speak of today and it's what Jesus offers to you and to me.